Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selected Bet and I'm joined by Greg. We'll get ahead to this week's betting action in Scotland. How's it going, Greg? Yeah, doing good, thank you. Doing well. Have you partook in any of the Cheltenham action this week? I have staked the grand total of £11 on two bets. That's it. I've not really had time this week to look at Cheltenham. And from today's results... I'm very glad. Yeah, well, we had had a quick chat with Paul Petrie from McBookie, who has joined us on this week's podcast. Hi, Paul. And uh, yeah, you're quite happy with the results today. Yeah, definitely. Certainly after the first two days where it was a bit of a bloodbath, we got got our heads back in front today. Yeah, all set for tomorrow. See how it finishes. Uh, How's things with you, Paul? Yeah, no, very good. Ticking along nicely here at McBookie. Um, Racing going well, football going well. So yeah, happy with things. Good, and we're getting towards the business end of the season, Paul. How's your anti-post books shaping up? Well, I mean, obviously, looking at the the Premiership, it was between Celtic and Rangers, so we most of the, the punters have got them in, in their arcas. We've got big liabilities on Parrick Thistle, so I know they were out of the, the contention for, for quite some time, but they've managed to get back in. Uh, don't very... worry about them, Paul. Don't worry about them. <laughs> they've not in the last weekend. Well, that was a good result for us last weekend. We were worried about a last-minute winner when it was a tight nil-nil against Morton. We've got Falkirk big liabilities in the, in League One, so it looks like we've managed to, to dodge that bullet. Yeah. And, um, and and in League Two, we're cheering on Dumbarton. Um, Stirling Albion's our biggest bogey in, in that particular particular league. So, thankfully, hopefully that game against Dumbarton v Stirling will go ahead finally and we'll be able to, uh, be able to see who might be the, the likely contender in that division. Yeah, it's very tight in League 2, actually. It's probably, I think, well, at, at the moment, I think it's actually the tightest because in the Championship, there's a wee bit of breathing space there for Queen's Park. But we'll get to them pretty quickly. We're going to have a run through this week's fixtures. Obviously, we'll have a, a look at the Premiership games in detail. And then I think, Greg, you've got a few bets lined up for us from the lower leagues as well. So we'll get to those pretty shortly. Greg, no podcast last week. It was the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. It was. And I think it all went to plan as such, apart from, I guess, Kilmarnock being knocked out on Friday night in the first match away to Inverness up 1-0 after what two minutes looking to be heading through to the semi-finals but all credit to Inverness who can't believe their luck really <laughs> um, a few weeks after um, I guess highlighting half a million pound losses and all that sort of stuff they've now gone and bad themselves a lucrative Scottish Cup semi-final spot at Hamden so well done to them and that was after being eliminated from the competition. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my, <laughs> partly why I said luck. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Not um, obviously beaten by Queen's Park, but um, an admin issue saw them back in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for anyone that missed it, uh, we have semi-finals of Inverness v Falkirk and Rangers v Celtic. So somehow we've managed to. Um, we're going to have a lower league team in the final, which I guess is is probably good for the bookies, Paul, um, in terms of some of those anti-post bets. Uh, but do you know what? I don't know. I mean, obviously it's good that we've got a Celtic Rangers semi-final, but it'll be a completely uh, one-sided affair yeah. once it comes to the final. So that's disappointing. I suppose the only saving grace is that both semi-finals will be competitive. I suppose if it was Celtic v Falkirk and Rangers v Inverness, for example, then both them games would be be a bit of a dead rubber as such. Uh, so at least we've got two competitive semi-finals, but 
we, we, listen, unless it's a Celtic Rangers uh, final or or both of them are knocked out, then you're unlikely to get a competitive final in Scotland these days. True. So at least we're getting we're getting a, a, a Celtic Rangers match in the in the competition. Yeah, One of the guys on Twitter that I follow, Neri's Topoke, he's an Inverness fan, and obviously he's seen Inverness win the Scottish Cup a few years ago, but he's not looking forward to the thought of getting to a final against Celtic or Rangers in front of forty thousand. Rangers Celtic fans and most likely be, be hammered. So very optimistic in the next fan there. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point, I think, isn't it? Um, but I was going to say it's a nice wee segue for his Paul about, you know, regardless who Celtic Rangers play these days, you're going to be fairly short prices on either of them. Rangers are away to Motherwell lunchtime and Saturday, Greg, and my question is, will anyone ever beat Celtic or Rangers again in Scotland? <laughs> this year or ever? <laughs> just ever. It just feels like the two of them, just both of them have been pretty relentless, yeah. really, uh, except when they come up against each other. It's getting to the stage now where where I've just been watching the games and hoping they don't cover the handicap rather than, <laughs> rather than actually hoping that, that, that there could be a shock in the game. We're now classing Celica Rangers not covering the handicap as a shock. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just particularly particularly bad when you're watching them games. That Celic St Mirren game last week when, when St Mirren went 1 0 up, you're thinking, oh, it might have a chance here. And then go down to 10 men, and then you're thinking, oh, I mean, that even money at one point of Celic looked a, a fantastic price. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. Even when one of the, the, the teams go 1 0 up, you're then seeing the prices and the, all the bets just come on, on Celic or Rangers as, mm-hmm. as they're looking for the value. And even Rangers, Paul, last midweek against a, a very informed hip side. Hibs go one nil up, and Rangers still hammer them. It's a four one. It finished. Yeah. Last midweek, so yeah, you used to go to Easter Road, Tynecastle, Petardry, and expect a tough game. And that's maybe places where they drop points, but it's definitely not happening this season anyway. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at some of the fixtures and you think, well, we could maybe drop points here and there. And I'm wondering for Park Saturday and Motherwell. To be fair, at them, one of the foreign teams at the moment under uh, Stuart Kettlewell, ten points from twelve. They've not played for two weeks, so they're well rested. Um, can they make a case at all for Motherwell on Saturday, Greg? No. I think Rangers, like Celtic, are just a winning machine. I actually think the 2-5 to five on Rangers isn't the worst of prices, just given how relentless they are as well. Obviously not probably hitting the heights of Celtic in terms of goals scored, but they are playing very well at the moment. They're scoring goals, they're winning matches. Motherwell, as you say, dream start. Stuart Kettlewell really is, isn't it? Yeah. He's pretty much clear, well clear of safety now. Nine points clear of United. I don't think they can worry too much about finishing bottom anymore. And they're still a good bit clear of the, the playoff spot. So, sadly, it's a free hit for Motherwell. No one's expecting much from them. Six to one for the home win. Obviously, Motherwell's home form is pretty dire until Stuart Kettlewell came in. Yeah, yeah. One of the last two home games against Hearts and... St Mirren. Yeah. Which doesn't really count because St Mirren are hopeless away from home. <laughs> However, still a really good run of results from Motherwell. A cracking one they'll win away at Ross County last time out. 2-0. So two 0 sorry, yeah. So they're doing really well. I, I do think this could be they'll be competitive, but you still got to fancy Rangers to win this. And I think the two to five should be snapped up as part of your ACA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hard to make a case for anyone beating either Celtic or Rangers at the moment, but um, just looking back at some of the recent fixtures played at Fir Park with Rangers, Mother have actually scored in each of the last five against Rangers, Paul, but they've lost 17 uh, in that period as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is one of those things, as I say, that people are looking to back them on the handicap. But 
sometimes people have been back in Rangers to win from behind. I think they went three or four games in the trot where they went for, went behind. Greg's just mentioned they went behind against Hibs as well. So a couple of couple of punters have been looking at that angle because because Rangers certainly are conceding. Celtic are conceding as well. So you're a lot. Of, you could easily look at the the Rangers to win Celtic to win both teams to score as well. But Again, we do a lot of tar and top-ups in these games and it's Rangers. You're looking at the prices, Rangers to score four or more, Rangers to score five or more, Selic to score four or more, five or more. And you're thinking, I wonder what price this will be. It's like two to one. You're thinking, goodness me, do you really want to to be backing it? But the punters are backing it. And obviously you're getting the the tar and top-up enhanced as well. And even when it's sometimes you're getting to the 60th minute and it's it's 1-0, you think, oh, I might get a chance here. And then it's... They're, 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 that, they're that fit as well in, in these particular games that are getting sometimes three or four goals in the last 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, and I think we've touched on it on the podcast before, Paul, just about the, the difference having the five subs as well makes yes. for Celtic and Rangers because of the squad depth that they've got. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've discussed this. It was just absolutely crazy that the, the other teams voted that in. Um, I'd like to know what their thinking behind it was. But yeah, the five five subs is a great great advantage for these teams at the top. Yeah, uh, but Greg, you found an angle in this game related to corners. Oh yeah, I think Rangers have been hitting some pretty impressive numbers um, this season, especially at home. They, they hit 17 on Sunday, albeit against Championship Wraith Rovers, but they are hitting pretty good numbers. I'm pretty sure they've beaten Celtic on the corner count in all three games this season as well. Uh, certainly yeah. beat them in the semi-final on the in the final sorry in the League Cup, 8-3. On, on the corner count. They've hit seven or more corners now for the last five away. So hitting plenty of corners, Rangers. Motherwell hitting some decent numbers too. I just think given the form that Motherwell are in, and they're going to have to probably try and get back into this game on, on the basis that you'd expect the away side to take the lead. I, I just think the over 10.5 Asian corners is worth backing. Now, just a kind of pointer here. Over 10.5 Asian corners is even money. Over 10.5 normal corners is 10 to 11. And you often find that with Bet365. Yeah. It's the exact same market, but a little bit of a difference in price. So we'd always encourage anyone to look at the Asian line. It's exactly the same bet. Over 10.5 corners at even money or yep. 10 to 11. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's with Bet365, of course. Um, any angle for you in this one, Paul? No, I mean I'm, I'm staying clear of the the, the Motherwell Rangers game. Obviously, we'll have the Tarrant top ups. We have the bet builders. I'm sure Motherwell players will be out looking to make a, a, a an impact and, and get stuck in about the Rangers. So, so they, they they'll be popular as well. But uh, I've, I've not really had a, a a big strong feeling on this game. Now, be honest, Paul. How happy were you at quarter to two on Saturday? When Liverpool lost a bit of Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the early I mean, kickoff curse. Oh, good early kickoffs are great when when the, the results go for the bookies on that particular one. Um, results on on Saturday, you, they looked at them and they, they obviously started well with the the, the Liverpool Bournemouth game, but some some of the three o'clock kickoffs weren't great. Um, and, Sometimes the punters leave out that early kickoff, don't they? But I think the fact that Liverpool were coming off a 7-0 win against Man United, people yeah. were confident enough to put them in there. Yeah, that kind of sums up their season, though, doesn't it? To go and then get beat with Bournemouth. Um, anyway, we'll uh, maybe save our English tips for another podcast, Greg. Uh, OK, so that Motherwell v Rangers game, it's Motherwell v Rangers, over 10.5 corners on the Asian handicap, Greg. Yeah, over 10.5 Asian corners at, at even money. Okay. 
Okay, next up we'll go to Aberdeen v Hearts. Um, a couple of weeks ago you had thought Hearts were a banker here, but um, Barry Robson has three wins in his last four. Um, as I presume he's still interim boss there, Paul? Do you know what? We've stopped betting on it just purely because of that 10-game rule. I mean, it's really annoying that we've got that 10-game rule in there because from a, a betting perspective, it makes it really difficult because each game that Barry Robson gets, then you're trying to build his price into the market, but then you actually don't know whether the board are going to make a decision soon. So when we don't feel that there's a quick decision coming and they've got an interim managing charge, we, we tend to, to stop betting on it. We got stung with a John Kennedy one near the end of the season with uh, with the Celtic manager's job. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thankfully, we, we spotted it quite early. There were a couple of bets on him, but but I bet Victor were still betting on it when he had two games to go and it was like, often something like eight to one on him to be the, mm. the next selling manager, completely forgetting that, that the, the 10 game rule was there. So that, that that's one. We put it in there to be fair to the punters in order the fact that if a, if a manager comes in and gets and, and manages to get the 10 games, then you don't want them having to wait until they get officially get uh, get christened a permanent manager. So mm-hmm. that, that's why we have the rule. But it's a, sometimes it's a tricky one to, to bet with properly because otherwise you would be still betting on it and saying next permanent manager. And if Barry Robson gets to the end of the season, then you wait until next season before paying out. But obviously that punters don't want to wait that long to get their money. I mean, just how oh, many games has he managed? I think he's had. I think he's had five now. Um, I think yeah, so. he's had five. I think that's right. And I think we had Jim Delahunt on the podcast a few weeks ago, and at that point, we're chatting about the fact that there has been pretty much radio silence from Aberdeen mm-hmm. on the the appointment of the new manager. But I saw that Alan Burrows replied to a tweet on on Twitter from a fan, and obviously just said that there's lots of stuff going on in the background. So I, I don't know how much you, you look into that, but there's only what, how many games left in the season? Eight or nine, uh, ten, ten games left. Ten. So well, the t- ten, ten, ten would take them up to the the split, which would actually make sense, wouldn't it? To say, well, we'll at least give them up to the split, and then we've got a chance to look at it again. Um, and I think as well to the point that you made, Paul, Ab- Aberdeen and Hearts in this match, Hearts have been celebrated this season for being. Fabulous to watch, blah blah blah. Third best team in Scotland. Aberdeen have had dogs abuse from all angles. Some, I guess, a lot of that's down to the cup defeat to Darville, their away form, Jim Goodwin leaving. But there's only seven points between these two sides. Yeah. And if Aberdeen win, there's only four points between them, which is incredible, really. It is, and part of my notes is that. Uh... Hearts must be looking over their shoulder at Hibs. But can I fail to take into account that if Aberdeen beat Hearts, they're actually going to go, probably go above Hibs, assuming Hibs don't win at Celtic Park and move, as you say, within four points at Hearts? And that may be part of the reason why they're just kind of holding fire at the moment, Aberdeen. Who knows? Obviously, they'll be doing a lot of work in the background, potentially. But if they win this match, that'll be a very good start for Barry Robson, especially at home. They obviously do very well at Pataudry this season and they're hard to beat. Hearts away from them, though, I still think it's very questionable. And that's probably why we're getting 9-5 on the away win here. Tempted? I, um, I can't decide. <laughs> probably not, just on the basis that Aberdeen's home form is very solid. I think, they obviously, they lost that game to Motherwell, but they had a man sent off after five or ten minutes. But other than that, at home... They've been pretty solid, Aberdeen, and I'm just not convinced by Hearts on the road yet. 
Um, obviously not as bad as Aberdeen away from home, but I, I do think Hearts still fail on the road more often than they should. They should be picking up more points away from home, Hearts, and they don't. Yeah, you kind of think, Paul, if, um, if Barry Robson is to get this gig, then it's these kind of games that will help him get it if he can get a win. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. You know. uh, I, 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 do, I don't think he will get the job. I think the fact that Alan Burroughs came into the chief executive position only uh, a couple of weeks ago, that there was already three or four weeks gone where Barry Robson was picking up games. Um, and they hadn't probably even started looking at the next manager uh, manager yet because obviously uh, um, Alan Burroughs was coming in and, and he was he was the one leading, the, leading the, the, the choose for the next manager. But as I say... For our market, he doesn't need to get the job. He just needs to have 10 yeah. games. And that's yeah. why it's such a difficult uh, difficult betting proposition. Um, I mean, the fact that he's, he's had a couple of good results, but I don't think it's enough to inspire um, inspire the Aberdeen fans to think he's he's a, he's going to be a good appointment. And I, and I think Aberdeen, actually, I think the next manager, they have to get 100% right. They can't get it wrong. Jim Goodwin did look a good appointment, but... Um, obviously it, it didn't work out but I think I think they need to get this one right because we'll remember at the start of the season we were thinking Aberdeen were the best bet for top six finish, we were thinking they were a cracking bet to finish yeah, third and yeah. whilst Greg still said that they're not far off hearts, let's face it, the, the, it that was an awful bet and we'll probably be we'll be laughing about that one when we do the, the anti-post <laughs> podcast We can laugh alongside Bonnie Rick Rose as well <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah, and what was it in Fairland last season, wasn't it? The other ones yeah. that made us all look like mugs. Um, but anyway, uh, any kind of angle on this game for you, Paul? Well, you we obviously at all? well we obviously do our uh, our McBookie top tar and tips with with Mark Walker and, and Tam McManus, and Mark's tipped up Aberdeen uh, with a little bit of laugh about the fact that he was down at Cheltenham. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're saying, saying that he, he's down at Cheltenham. We thought he might still be drunk when he when he tipped up Aberdeen, but that's that's his selection for the weekend. So Listen, Mark, I don't Mark, think it's I don't think it's the worst bet. Hearts are they're not doing bare bones by any means, but they've got a lot of injuries just now, you know. And I think on on the face of it, you would always kind of fancy Hearts, given where Aberdeen have been at this season. But uh, there might be a wee bit of momentum, momentum building up behind Barry Robson at the moment up at Petodre. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say so, definitely. There's probably an angle here in the bet builder for this match. I think two goals in the game, 10 corners and three cards is 13 to 10, and I don't think that'll be far away. Yeah, I'm just looking at it on the draw no bet market, around the 45 mark as well, which kind of keeps the draw inside uh, if you do fancy Aberdeen. But um, as I say, I don't think the 31 to 20 or thereabouts on Aberdeen is, is too far away, really. Okay, um, next up we've got Celtic v Hibs and the word we just keep using, Greg, for Celtic is relentless. I think it's 27 unbeaten domestically now, of which they've won 26, I think. I think it's a 13-game unbeaten, not unbeaten, 13 wins in a row that they've gone now. Um, and it's just hard to make a case for anything other than another comfortable win for Celtic. Yeah, I'm kind of getting a bit fed up with it all, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, 2 to 11 for Celtic, 14 to 1 for Hibs. Hibs have stung us a couple of times in the last few weeks on the corner front. They are a corner short against Livingston despite winning 4-1. And they were a corner short against Rangers um, last midweek. Celtic corner starting to improve again. I had a look at Celtic first half corners here in this match. Just below evens. She below evens for four first half Celtic corners. They're at 7-4, 5-5 in their last four. Uh, but in terms of hitting pretty decent numbers Celtic, I think they've hit seven or more in the last ten games at home. 
which is pretty impressive. It's only four to seven for Celtic to get seven corners on on Saturday. I, I don't think Hibs will offer too much an attack in this match. I, I would maybe look at Hibs to hit three or four, but I think given the fact they've stung us the last couple of times, I'm going to leave them out. But I still think Matt's corners here is a potential angle. And again, exactly the same as the Rangers Motherwell game, sorry, Motherwell Rangers match. You're getting even money for over 10.5 Asian corners and 10 to 11 on over 10.5 normal corners. So I think this is a match in which Celtic, you'd expect to rack up their usual seven or eight. And there's every chance Hibs could steal three or four. Yeah, one angle I always kind of go to from corners from a Celtic point of view is first half corners and they are 20 to 21 to get over three, so four or more in the first half, which I don't think is the worst bet either. No, as I said, yeah, they've had some pretty good numbers in the first half in recent games, seven, four, five and five, and I do like the look of that one. They'll come at the traps pretty fast, Celtic. And they often score an early goal, Celtic. I think as well, they seem to score a lot of goals, Celtic, late in the first half. I think they just scored a lot of goals. <laughs> every period of the game yeah just for some reason it always stands like they score a lot of goals late in the first half I don't know if that's teams maybe switching off thinking great a few minutes to go until half time whistle blows but that's also something to look at but yeah I do like the look of Celtic to, to hit three or more sorry three, over 3.5 first half corners yeah, just to back up that early goal stat uh, Greg they've actually scored in the first 15 minutes in 15 of their 28 games this season Um Nearest to them after that is Rangers, who have scored the first 15 minutes and 10 of their 28 games. So, yeah, it's, it's a very obvious trait of Ange Postecoglou's team, Paul, that they, they do like to come out of traps early. Yeah, definitely. We were actually looking at this uh, earlier on in the week when we were discussing Selig and Selig to score in the first 10 minutes, Selig to win, um, putting that in the bet builders um, nearly, nearly about 2 to 1. Um, so that's been popular recently. People people have also been putting Celtic corners in the first uh, the first ten minutes as well. Yeah. So I uh, do like that one, don't you, Greg? It's a cracking bet that one. I really do enjoy that bet, especially sides that do get a lot of corners, like Celtic, like Liverpool, like Rangers. For them to get one corner in the first ten minutes, you're often getting four to five, ten to eleven, and eleven to four, three to one for them to hit two. So it's definitely an angle for people to consider. Definitely. Yes, a Celtic corner in the first 10 minutes is 10 to 11, Greg. Nap. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you, <laughs> you've also, I've seen you tip up um, two corners in the first 10 minutes, which is a very tempting 92. Yeah, you get cracking prices for it. It's a bit yeah. like the um, early goal bets that I do. The goal in the first 10 minutes, the corner bets are just, just yeah. as good. If you can stack them up, yeah. Uh, Paul, anything from a betting angle for you on this one? No, as I say, that Celtic to score in the first 10 minutes has mm-hmm. been popular and that's something that, that, that me and my business partner were looking at the odds just last week because we were seeing how popular it was. Didn't have the stats, so you've just you've just backed up our just uh, our our original thought about it. So uh, yeah. so, so 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 that's good. So that, that's the sort of angle I would be looking at on this particular game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that corner in the first ten minutes is uh, at ten eleven is decent. I also think the, the corners in the first half is pretty decent with four or more needed for Celtic at twenty to twenty one. Uh, not the worst bet at all. Okay, let's have a look at Dundee United v St Mirren. Things are looking a bit tricky for Dundee United, Greg. They've not won in eight now. Uh did manage a, a one all draw with Livingston last time out. Um 
Yeah, they're doing a bit of trouble, aren't they? They absolutely are, but ultimately they're only three points from safety. And that's probably what's keeping the hope at Tannadice at the moment. I think it was a good point for them at Livingston last weekend or two weekends ago. Obviously, Jim Goober will be happy not to start his tenure with two straight defeats. And a one-all draw at Livingston isn't the worst of results, despite Livingston obviously not being in great shape themselves at the moment. I think this game is really difficult to call. Yeah. I think the bookies find it hard to call as well. United 13-8, to St Mirren 17-10. to St Mirren's away record's woeful, although they did win the um, first game at Tannadice this season 3-0, I think it was. And obviously, Jim Goodwin against his old club. And I think Div was telling me last week that um, Jim Goodwin has asked for a bit of extra fight and effort from his United players. And they got six bookings against Livingston last week. So, um, reading to that what you wish, but there's probably a cards angle here. Uh, it's a massive game for both clubs. St Mirren obviously pushing top six. I think obviously at the moment it's a two-horse race between them and Livingston. St Johnson probably just outside of that at the moment, but it's a massive game for both clubs. I couldn't really find an angle here in, in this game, and I think it's probably a match best left alone, although I do think there's a good chance we might see some cards. Craig Napier is your referee. Do you know much about him? Nope, you can tell me though. <laughs> I don't know much either. His, uh, <laughs> his average card count is uh, 3.7 per match, so certainly not up at the, the upper end of some of the referees that we see in the Premiership. No, it's not. It's probably one of the, one of the lower ones. But I think, obviously, as we say, we're definitely now in the, in the last quarter of the season. Lots to play for. And I think United bottom of the league against Jim Goodwin's old club. I would not be surprised to see cards here. Yeah, over four and a half cards pays four to five, Paul. Yeah, I mean, just looking at angles, just think what's interesting, the fact that you've said that Dundee United are just three points behind. I think as long as these teams could stay in touch when the, 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 the split happens then then it becomes a little mini league doesn't it and they're yeah. playing against teams that have, have, that have a similar standard that have, that have been on bad runs themselves so I think I think it's less important what how far they are behind now it's how far will they be behind when, when the split comes and the fact that none of these teams are really putting a, a good run together um, Kilmarnock for me I mean they look the value bet in the in the market to, to finish bottom um, and we've got Dundee United a shade of odds on um, at eight to eleven, and Kilmarnock nine to four, Ross County ten to three. So, I mean, we actually had a customer asking for a price on Derek McInnes to be to be sacked before the end of the season. So things aren't going well at Kilmarnock either. So, I mean, I think out of the two, that that does look the value. And what we are hoping for is a Dundee Dundee United playoff spot for the place in the Premiership next season. Yeah. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? That would be something to look forward to. Um, so I guess from a, a betting point of view, Paul, you're probably in a similar vein to Greg. This one may be best left alone. Yeah, I mean, if I was back in anyone, I would back St. Man at 13-8. It's in uh, each of two games. Both teams are 13-8, are so it shows you how tight it is. But uh, I do think St. Man would have the edge if I was going to have to back anyone. Yeah. OK, let's have a look at Kilmarnock v St. Johnson, as you say, Paul, uh, things not going well for Kelly at the moment. Out of the cup last weekend to Inverness, um, find themselves just three points clearer than the United. One thing I would say about St Johnson, Greg, is that although they're bottom six, one thing they have managed to do in the last few weeks is win points against other teams down there uh, below them in the table. Yeah, and that's been crucial. That's been crucial for them to retain their status this season. 
I do think this match is a difficult one to call. As we know, Kilmarnock do a lot of their good work at home. But that said, as I mentioned last time, St Johnston have got the third best away record in the league with six away wins this season. Uh, 12 to 5 for the away win. I, again, for me, this match is best left alone. I think there's a, it's a decent card this weekend and there's better opportunities, in my opinion, this weekend in this match. Interestingly, St Johnston have won five of the last six games between the sides mm-hmm. and just one defeat in seven now against Kilmarnock. So, racked up plenty of wins at Rugby Park over the years. But uh, probably not brave enough to back it at twelve to five. Yeah, you seen much on this game, Paul? No, I mean I got my fingers burnt on Kilmarnock in that Scottish Cup game last week. I mean I just cannot believe how bad they were against Inverness. I thought it was a cracking bet around even money for them to to win that game. I mean it actually looked like Inverness were the Premiership team. Uh, it wasn't as if they, they sneaked a result. They were far the better team in that. That did put the the Kilmarnock fans calling for, as I say, calling for McInnes's head. So. I'll not be getting involved in this particular game, uh, and you couldn't be confident of Kilmarnock or St Johnson. So probably, probably a draw might be the, the might be the the value. Yeah, and it might, might be a result that suits both teams, Greg. Well, I think St Johnson have still got an outside chance of catching Livingston and St Mirren. There's what five games to go before the split. If St Johnson can win this match, obviously Livingston and St Mirren, depending on their results. It could become three or four points within each side. So there's 15 points still to play for. For me, it's absolute must-win for St Johnston in this match if they've got any chance of top six. Even if they win on Saturday, it's still quite a big ask. So an outside chance, they're what, 11 points ahead of Dundee United. No, not really any relegation fear. So biggest game of the season, really, I would say, for St Johnston. <laughs> and Kilmarnock, obviously... Big, big game for them as well. Back on the home turf, picked up obviously most of their points at home this season. But I, I agree with Paul, it's maybe got a draw written all over it. Yeah, just looking ahead to St Johnson's fixtures, Greg. After this, you've got three home games before the split. You've got Aberdeen, Ross County, you're then away to Livingston, and then back home to Hibs just before the split. So, as you say, not, not entirely out of the picture for a top six finish at all. I would much rather it was three away games than three home games. <laughs> That's a fair shout. Uh, okay, last but not least in the Premiership, this is a game where we do have a bet, Greg, uh, and it's at Livingston v Rose County. Yeah, I, th- I think this could be a bloodbath. Red cards <laughs> at the ready. But interestingly, Livingston obviously haven't been in good shape at all, have they? They obviously got a one-all draw against United um, last week. Just one win in seven, but they are still very much in contention for top six, which you have to say is a fantastic achievement again for Livingston. It's going to be a, a showdown, I think, with them and St Mirren to, to finish top six in that last top six place. But Ross County, again, alongside Kilmarnock and United, very disappointing result for them at home to Motherwell uh, last time out. And that was off the back of some pretty decent home results as well. So to go down 2-0 to Motherwell, I think they'll be at bottom two, possibly. I think they've tried to sign some players in the January transfer window. Hasn't really worked out that way yet, but nobody likes going to Livingston. But that said, as I said before, Livingston's home form, we go on about it year after year. It's not been that good. I think they're just one win in seven at home now um, in all competitions, Livingston. And bearing in mind, Inverness won their 3-0 in the the cup Mm. as well. So I would not even entertain picking a winner here. Livingston 11-10, 
not in form at all. Ross County struggling, they're 11 to 4. I do like the look of cards though and corners in this match. So okay. I think looking at Ross County, they've been showing two or more cards now in 12 of their 13 away games. And given what's at stake here, I'd be very surprised in a match involving Livingston if they didn't rack up another two cards. And I think Livingston have seen 14 cards shown in their last four matches, and that includes two red cards. So I, I think it'll be a lot, I think there'll be a lot of cards in this game. And also Ross County on the, the corner front, we've highlighted them a few times in recent weeks in the podcast. They are one to two to get three over 3.5 corners, which I think is a, is a good shout. They're even money for over 4.5. But there's definitely an angle here for me on the on the bet builder. And that angle is Ross County to get four corners and over 3.5 match cards. And that match cards, I think, over 3.5 should be very safe. I feel expecting both sides to contribute. And another angle for that match also is both sides to get two bookings each. And that is just below evens at William Hill. Yeah, and your referee is Mr. William Collum, Paul. <laughs> oh. that, that's always one you like to see in the... When you go for the cards, it certainly is. Most of the cards, yeah. To be fair to him, actually, his uh, card average is 3.81, which is pretty pretty low, um, but he has issued four red cards this season already. I mean, going off on a tangent a little bit, did you see the Kane-Hester situation uh, last week in the papers? Uh, remind us. Well, he was charged with deliberately getting booked against Hibs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah. Bet365 lost some money and he got found not guilty anyway, uh, or, or not proven as as we, we say in Scotland. But Willie Collum was the guy that booked him and uh, and he actually, <laughs> he actually said under oath, so he, he got called as a witness uh, and he actually said he should have sent him off. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't get the best enough angle, he says, but I watch every game that a referee afterwards uh, and look at what mistakes I made. He says, and when I watched it again, I thought, oh, that was a mistake. I should have sent him off. And I thought, so imagine Willie Collum watching every one of his games after referee and looking for his mistakes. It must be an absolute nightmare for him. A lot of pen and paper being used. Imagine. Not unproven, not unproven as a referee, but nevertheless, he watches every game afterwards to look at his mistakes. I'm just amazed that someone called Willie Collum as a witness. <laughs> In some kind of defence, but um, anyway, yeah. As I say, his card his card count isn't actually that high. He just I think he's probably just loves a penalty and a red card, doesn't he, Willie Cole? Well, he just loves being the centre of attention, doesn't he? So yeah. I mean, perhaps when the, when the, the cameras aren't there, Livingston be Ross County, he'll be he'll be keeping a low profile. Maybe. Just on Ross County, they they got six corners at Rangers, eight at St Mirren, they hit eight against Motherwell. Um, two weeks ago, so they are hitting some pretty good numbers. And another point as well: Livingston are four to seven to get two cards on Saturday, which I yep. think is an absolute steal. Yep, yep. Um, Paul, I'm just kind of curious. As Greg says, we had uh, Jim Delhunt on the podcast a week or two ago, and Jim's always kind of looking for a kind of bigger price, which you know has has. Uh, Mo really, um, and I'm just wondering if Ross County at 11 to four or someone something that Jim might be tempted in uh, with those kind of prices. The thing I would say about Ross County is they're very capable. Um, they've won three 0 against Kelly and four 0 against the United, and although they're sitting down at the bottom of the table, they seem like the only team that can pull off those kind of results. Yeah, yeah. I mean these are these are exactly the sort of games that that I like backing as well, where I just think there's nothing between the two teams. You're getting a bit of value on the 
in, in this case, Ross County, 12 to 5. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Jim was, was looking at them this weekend. Certainly, if you're put a gun to my head and say, what team are you going to back then? For me, it would be Ross County just purely on, on the value because yeah. um, I don't think there's anything between these these two teams. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so Greg, just give us a wee quick reminder of that bet builder. Uh, Ross County over 3.5 corners and over 3.5 match cards, and that pays 11 to 8. Nice one. Okay, let's have a look at the championship. Uh, Paul, Queen's Park favourites to take the title now. Um, I'm, I'm going with bet 365 prices here, so you can tell me the McBookie prices. Queen's Park at 11 to 10 and D64, both Partick Thistle and Air at 9 to 1 now. Yeah, well, we've uh, we've got Queen's Park odds on actually at 10 11, so we we really fancy them now. We've got the points on the board. They've got a couple, couple of home games coming up, a couple of good fixtures. Um, obviously, they were they, they 2 0 up against Morton a couple of weeks ago and threw away a 2 0 lead, otherwise, yeah. I think they'd have been a whole lot shorter. We are bigger on Air United at 10 1, 12 1, Park Thistle. So I do think it's between Queen's Park and Dundee. Um, I was speaking to Greg earlier on in the week and he thinks that Dundee will just crawl over the line. Um, I mean, it's a tricky one because I think Queen's Park, I mean, you never say that teams don't want promoted, but hmm. I'm led to, to believe that, that Queen's Park board are sort of thinking that it'll probably be a season too early yeah. if they were to get themselves promoted. Obviously, when the, the, they went full time, no doubt that they put together a timeline of budgets and, and uh, where they think they would be in, in the next couple of years. And I suspect they probably... New stadium, etc. I think they probably expect maybe two or three years in the championship to really, really get a chance to 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 cement themselves. I don't know what was in Simon Murray's contract. Maybe he had it that he was if a Premier League team came in for him, then then he, they had to let him go because it was interesting that when they're challenger for the league, they, yeah, let, their, so they let their star striker go. So yeah. again, I was wondering if that if that maybe again played into the fact that they were saying, well, look. We don't mind if we don't get promoted this year as such, so we're going to be letting our star man go on. Or pro- probably had it in his contract that if a team came in for him, that they had to let him go. Because that was a strange move, wasn't it? That they're letting, yeah. their, letting their top scorer go when they're challenging for the title. Having said that, they've brought in the boy, um, it's Connor Shields from Motherwell on loan, and he's he's actually done he's done really well. Yeah. So they've they've not missed uh, they've not missed Simon Murray yet. So um, no, it was a good. Good result for them last week, 1-0 victory against Cove. So we, we, we're hoping that Queen's Park win. Uh, Dundee well supported um, at the start of the season as favourites. And as I say, we've, we've racked up some big liabilities on Park Thistle over the last couple of weeks when we were 25-1, to 28-1 to 1 for them for the title. Um, I think a few Thistle fans were getting excited when the, when they appointed uh, Doolin as their manager. So... Um, no team in the championships putting a run together, though. Again, that's no, that's no. the problem. They're they're all they're all. Uh, you finally think Dundee are on a roll. They get a couple of wins on the trot, and then they go they go and throw two or three bad results in. So, um, no, it's going to be an interesting end to the season for sure. Well, speaking of which, Paul, I don't know how far ahead you've looked, but Friday the fifth of May, the last weekend of the season, Queens Park yeah. and Dundee. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've, we've spotted that already and uh, we've, we've, we think probably Queen's Park will probably have the league sewed up by then. But again, ideally it would be, it was like Arbroath Kilmarnock last season, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was a fantastic yeah. game. So if we could get something like that uh, live on TV, then, then it's fantastic. Next week or so, we really tell him because Dundee have obviously got a tough game at Thistle on Saturday and they've got their game in hand at home to air. 
which yeah. is obviously a must win. So we'll have a better view come quarter to ten on Tuesday night. Yeah, fascinating. And yeah, as, as much as the betting kind of tells you that Thistle and Air United are out of the, the running at the moment, Paul, the way things results have been going in that championship, you can't rule anything out. No, I think I think if um as I say, if a team puts a couple of results together, then they've got a chance of uh of, of, of really getting up there. And I thought Patrick Thistle were going to do it and then they they, they put in that nil nil draw against Morton. But the good thing again, what we were saying earlier about the the, the, the bottom of the Premier League all these teams are going to be playing each other. So there's chances to take points off each other. Each other. There's, yeah. there, even if it, I mean, Air looked out of it at one point, then they got a good, a, a good victory and then they're back in it. So um, I, I don't, I, I think it's going to be an exciting end to the season, put it that way. Yeah, I think so. And fair play to Queen's Park, you know, getting up to the top of the table, but also kind of staying there. I know they've kind of dropped points as well, but they've still managed to maintain a level of performance where they're still kind of knocking out wins. Um, and picking up vital three points I think it's four unbeaten um, and Greg they play Inverness on Saturday uh, I was going to say at home they're obviously still at Oakle View as well Yeah I think they'll be playing at Oakle View until 2055 I think it is um, <laughs> It's been a long time in terms of getting that stadium um, sorted out at, at Hamden As you say massive credit to Queen's Park but I think you'll find there's probably about eight or nine chairmen in the Premiership who'd be delighted if they came up Queen's Park because, in my opinion, there's no way they'll compete next season in that league. Mm. As Paul said as well, maybe a season too early for them. But they're there on merit. They're, four, they're five points ahead of Dundee, albeit a game more, and they've got another opportunity, obviously, at the weekend to, to rack up another three points against Cup semi-finalists in Vernes. Yeah, and I guess in Vernes would, would rather be challenging um, for the title than having a shot at a Scottish Cup final potentially um, and again the price of Inverness uh, sorry Queen's Park are 5-6 Inverness 13-5 I would be back in Queen's Park with any great confidence at 5-6 Paul no no definitely not but uh, again it'll be interesting to see um, how um, Inverness cope over the next couple of weeks because obviously when a team has a, a Cup semi-final in the in horizon then Players obviously don't want to get injured. They'll not be throwing themselves into tackles. They'll be saving themselves for, for that particular game. And Inverness have been an absolutely terrible forum, which is why I fancied Kilmarnock so much in, in the Scottish Cup game. So it all depends on what Inverness team turns up. Um, they are. No, said, didn't he? he said that he's got a lot of his team back now. He's got a lot of his players back who've been injured this season. And that's part of the reason why he felt that they've, they've managed to get to the, the um, semi-final. I think at the moment for Inverness, they're seven points behind fourth place air with nine games to go. So they're not out of it. And I think you could say them and Wraith Rovers are kind of no man's land, miles ahead of the bottom two, but a fair bit behind those playoff spots. But if they can get a win this weekend, they could, they could find themselves here four points behind the playoffs. So definitely still loads to play for for Inverness. Yeah, and you know, as I say, I just don't think Queen's Park at five to six look look certainties by any measure on Saturday. Um, one I was quite interested to have a look at was Hamilton at home to Air United. It's a tricky trip for Air. Hamilton are still playing pretty well. So I've been disappointed not to win against a broth last week and put a wee bit of distance between the two clubs. But their only defeats recently have been against Hearts and Queen's Park, Paul. Yeah, well, I mean, I backed Hamilton last week against Arbroath, and then when they went, when Arbroath went down to ten men, I was counting yeah. my winnings already. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, 
every pass in the five minutes. I just thought, are Hamilton going to make any chances in this particular game? So I've promised that I'm not back in Hamilton again between now and the end of the season. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so <laughs> even though I was, uh, I was very underwhelmed about Air United um, against Falkirk in the Scottish Cup on Monday, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, stay- I'm definitely staying clear. Of, definitely staying clear of Hamilton from now on. I mean, it was just. It was it was demoralising watching that 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 eighty eighty odd minutes where where an absolute sickener isn't it for United <laughs> an absolute sickener for two reasons one probably got their best ever opportunity to get to a Scottish Cup final again or I don't know when the first time they've never they've never been well, there you go for the first time and also financially quite a million pound in the bank so yeah. that's a real sore one for them and the width of a post away from it in this penalty yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on that game in particular, sorry, the Hamilton v Air United game, Greg, uh, Hamilton are ninety four, I think it is. Air United have just won one in seven now, and we spoke before earlier in previous podcasts just about how pretty small squad that Air United have got and whether it would catch up with them eventually. And I just wonder if it finally has. Well, it's, it's difficult because obviously they've gone to Morton and they were probably the best they've played in a long time. Yeah. And yeah. one three one, but they've then gone to Falkirk and be knocked out the Scottish Cup. So, again, you don't really know what to expect. Teams can't really pull together a run of three or four wins in a row. And this one is no different. I wouldn't like to call this one. You, you might find that United's heads are down after that Scottish Cup defeat. Um, we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah. OK, just thought I'd flag that one up. But one game we do have a bet in is the Partick Thistle v Dundee games, probably match of the day in the Championship, Greg, and you think it'll be an entertaining one at Farrell? Well, I've backed this fixture three times this season, and it's finished 3-2, 3-2 and 3-1, all to the away side. So it's been a very good game, a fixture to back for goals. And that's not the only reason why I'm backing it. I just think <laughs> there's so much at stake here for both sides. I think it'll be an open game. Partick will still think they've got a chance. Dundee have to win this match, in my opinion, on the basis there's a good chance Queen's Park will pick up another three points. And I think there's plenty of goals on both sides. Neither side that clever defensively either. I just think goals will happen again. There's been five, five and four in the 14 goals scored in the three fixtures. And I think over 2.5 goals at 17 to 20 is, is worth backing. And also with this at home, 11 of the, of the last 13 home games have also delivered at least three goals. Yeah, I think there's plenty of stats to back up goals in this one. As you say, Greg, 14 goals in the last three meetings between the sides. Um, yeah, any other angles from you, Paul? No, I mean, I like the look of Dundee to win this game. Um, I do think it's a must-win game for them in terms of getting back on track for, for proving themselves to be to be title contenders. So I'll be backing them at 13-10. to 10. OK, brave man, I think. Very brave man. <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, there's two other games in the Championship. are both v Morton and Friday night and Wraith Rovers v Cove. Um, any interest in either of those for you, Paul? No, none, none. Obviously, I'll be keeping a, keeping an eye on the scores and what have you, but certainly not from a betting angle. Yeah, Greg, I just wonder if that Wraith Rovers price at 3-4 against the Cove Rangers, who just season seems to be kind of heading in one direction, unfortunately, for them. Um, I think the 3-4 doesn't look a bad price for the Wraith Rovers at home. Yeah, it's not, it's not the worst of prices. I've, I just couldn't back Wraith at the moment either. It's one of those games where, as point again, there's, there's lots on this weekend, and it's a match best left alone. 
Okay. Okay, let's have a quick look into League One. Did Fermlin are eight points clear of Falkirk now? As you say, Paul, that's uh, a result for you. Um, pretty much a two-horse race at the bottom as well. Clyde v Peter Head as to who goes down. Greg, before you had said over your, your tips, I'd kind of picked out um, a treble, an Airdrie, Aloha and then Fermlin treble, which pays around a 95 mark, and you're not far off that, were you thinking either? Well, it's, it's a no-thrills double. It's the biggest no thrills double you'll see this week, I think. Airdrie at home to Peterhead, two to seven, and Aloha versus Clyde. Again, both teams at home and double pays a fraction below even money. I just think it's a very safe double. You can't really pick any holes in it, especially given the way that Peterhead and Clyde have performed this season, especially on the road. And both Airdrie and Aloha, and Aloha very much involved in picking up a playoff spot. So, yeah, these will be very, very popular sides this weekend and there's no way you'll be getting even money come Saturday. Yeah, I don't think you'll find a much more solid double pull this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you're saying come Saturday, I mean, they're already 2-9, which is uh, which is astonishing considering that they're not top of the league sort of thing. So, I mean, yeah. they're already particularly short. Uh, certainly, Airdrie will be, be the cornerstone of... of off accumulator this weekend, coming off the back of that tremendous performance last week, I think it was six goals they scored. Um, so definitely that'll be a popular popular team in the accumulators. Wouldn't put people off back in the double, bit too short for me for, for doubles at uh, just under even money. Um, people will no doubt be looking at the handicaps as well on, on that one. Um, Airdrie minus one, minus two. Would you be tempted to throw the Fairland in for a 95 treble? Would I be? Yes. Again, I, I, I mean, I don't. I'd rather have a ninety-five single than a ninety-five treble. That, that's my betting technique. Um, but I know that from a, a punter's point of view, and from when we do the enhanced specials, these are the ones that that the punters do like doing. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure that that will definitely be popular. I wouldn't be too keen on Dunfermline one or two, so I think if anybody could pull off a shock, Edinburgh have got a chance of chance of doing that. Again, it'll be interesting to see how Dunfermline get on. Will they think that the the league's in the bag, take their foot off the pedal a little bit? Um, I, I'd, I'd be leaving them out at the moment. And that's part of the reason why well, I've not picked Dunfermline as a bet this weekend for, for exactly that reason, Paul. Eight points ahead. These are the sort of games you might see a side slipping up in. Yeah, and as Paul says, if MD's going to do it, then Edinburgh might be the team to do it. They've got the second best away record in the division. They've actually won half their games away from home this season. Yeah, they've done really well in Edinburgh City this year, or FC Edinburgh, as they're now known. Yeah. <laughs> they've had a very good season. Okay. Um, anything else in League One before we move on to League Two, Greg? No, nothing else from me, no. Anything, Paul? Nope, none for me. OK, let's have a quick look at League 2. Dumbarton still top of the table by two points, but they've played one more than Stirling Albion. Um, Dumbarton at home to Albion Rovers this weekend look a fairly solid 7-10 at home. Um, but Greg, you've got a, a double for us in this league as well. Yeah, we had a 2-1 to one double at the weekend there in, in League 2. I think we've got a couple of sides who we can go to at the moment, Annan being one of them. Lots of goals in Allen's games, scoring lots of goals, conceding lots of goals. And obviously, Stenhouse Moon as well. I think they have been the best both teams to score and over 2.5 side to back in the UK. In the possibly, world. Possibly the universe. <laughs> so, they, a lot of their games this season have seen goals in Stenhouse Moon games. Elgin, a bit of a tricky time at the moment. 
conceding lots of goals as well. So I just think it's a very solid over 2.5 goals double. Elgin at home to Stenhouse Muir and Forfer at home to Annan. And that double pays 21 to 10 with the SBK. Again, pretty solid looking Paul. Um, I wanted to speak to you very briefly about the Stirling Albion's visit to Stranraston. Stirling Albion are nine unbeaten, but the last defeat was at Stranraston. <laughs> um, Didn't want to guess that I'd make a fool of myself there, Paul. <laughs> As if I'd do that to you. Um, so, yeah, I just think that possibly trickier than it looks on paper, that trip to Stranraston, who are always difficult to be at home. Well, we thought we were getting a result uh, with Stirling Albion last week and then they got a 90-second minute winner. So that was a real sickener for us because they were they were extremely popular. They were a lot of accumulators uh, uh, last weekend. So obviously they're keeping the pressure on Dumbarton at the, the top of the table. Um, I don't like backing teams in these lower divisions at odds on away from home. So mm. Stirling Albion wouldn't be a team I would be getting involved with uh, in, in this particular game. Dumbarton at 3-4 to four against Albion Rovers looks a little bit more solid for, for my liking for, for putting in accumulators and if I was to have a, a big single of those who was saying I'd rather have, have, have bigger prices uh, I'd rather be back in these teams in the, the lower divisions at home at odds on rather than yeah. rather than an away. But as I say, Stirling Albion have got to keep pressure on Dumbarton at the top so they'll, they'll definitely be well up for this game. Yeah, absolutely and Greg, we've I think we've touched on before how strong Stranraer can be at home. They've actually got the third best record at home in that division behind Stirling Albion and Dumbarton. Yeah, it's been a tough season for them overall, Stranraer, but they have been good at home. And again, a lot of goals being scored at their part of the season. So it's another match in which over 2.5 goals isn't worth the shouts. Yeah, but I think as Paul says, probably for the for the prices, Dumbarton look a, a better bet at 7-10 than the Stranraer do. Eh, sorry, Stirling Albion do at 19-20 on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Paul. I'm not a massive fan of odds-on sides away from home in any of the Scottish leagues, to be fair, <laughs> in the Championship League 1 and League 2. And I'd much rather be on Dumbarton. Albion Rovers are kind of toiling at the moment a little bit as well. So, yeah, I'd much rather choose Dumbarton than Southern Albion. OK. Uh, Paul, anything else in League 2 before we wrap up? Yeah, not on any specific game, but what I've been looking at recently, and it's, it's, again, it's all about getting the, the right games, but backing these teams to, to win and both teams to score. Uh, obviously plenty of goals in League 1 and League 2 so if you could find the right matches then and sometimes you're getting maybe putting a tenner on a chance to win a grand uh, if you could get the right treble the right fourfold up um, and, and obviously even if the teams are at the bottom of the league they're still capable of scoring Albion Rovers Bonnie Rigg etc so that's an angle I've been playing over the last couple of weeks I've hit the bar a few times I've not, I've not hit the jackpot just yet uh, but keep at I'll it get, Paul keep at that's it. it hopefully I'll get one up before <laughs> before the end of the season you're uh, a bookie's favourite you <laughs> for, for, for being a bookie you're not half a mug, a mug punter <laughs> um, no, to be fair one of the bets I always quite liked was to win and over two and a half goals as well which kind of keeps you on side of potentially a team winning 3-0 yeah. uh, but still hitting the over two and a half and exactly. the, the exactly. odds are pretty decent and as you say you can get you can roll up quite quickly uh, some of the odds on maybe a treble or a, a fourfold it's quite a nice wee bet to have yeah, we, we were discussing it earlier with Selican Rangers weren't they uh, I mean you better get in Nine to four for the for I mean let's just check what Rangers are to win and both teams to score nine to five for Rangers to win and both teams to score as opposed to four to eleven. Yeah. Um, Man City, they used to Man City, Barcelona, all these bigger teams as well. They're, they're great going forward, but um, they're they're just as likely to concede. And if you could get the right ones each week, then then I think PSG are a great example of that, aren't they? 
Definitely. I mean, that used to cost us a lot of money in the European leagues on a Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, team to win and both teams to score. So again, you weren't even. It wasn't even a case that you were hoping for a. You were hoping for a shock. You were looking for the likes of Juventus, PSG to win a nil sometimes, uh, just to, to to keep any liabilities further down. Okay, I will caveat all of Paul's advice by just reinforcing the fact that he runs mcbookie.com <laughs> so take from that what you will uh, okay can you give us a wee recap of your bets for the weekend then start with you greg yes yeah, so we're starting off in scotland in the premiership on saturday in the lunchtime kickoff motherwell versus rangers and i'm taking over 10.5 asian corners at even money also in the premiership um livingston versus ross county so i'm taking four ross county corners and four match cards, and that pays 11 to 8. Moving into this championship, Partick Thistle v Dundee, over 2.5 goals at 17 to 20. Into League One, we've got an Airdrie Aloha No Thrills double at evens. And into League Two, we've got an Elgin versus Stenhouse Muir, and Forfar versus Annan, over 2.5 goals double at 21 to 10. Good stuff. And Paul, who are you backing this weekend? Yeah, well, I'm going for Ross County at 12 to 5 to beat Livingston. Discussed earlier a bit of value. And I'm putting my neck on the line with Dundee to beat Partick Thistle at 13 to 10. Good stuff. Now, don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg, where you'll find all the details on how to join his private Telegram channel. And of course, if you're in Scotland and you don't already have a McBookie account, then make sure you get along to McBookie.com to set up your account. Uh, welcome offer at the moment, sir. Bet5, get 20, Paul. Bet5, get 20, yeah. Yep, nice and simple. Like it. Um, yeah, so make sure you check out mcbookie.com and set up an account there. There'll be no podcast next week, Greg. That's us on the cusp of another international break. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. But for now, thank you very much for listening and best of luck for your bets this weekend. Cheers, guys. Good luck. <laughs>